I want to preach a message tonight here from Judges chapter 7. I have preached from this passage a few times. And uh, I'll tell you what got me started on it. I was, a fella called me, a preacher friend of mine called me. He said, Brother McBride, I've had a library given to me. And I said, really? He said, yeah. I said, a big library? He said, 8,000 volumes, 8,000 books. I said, that's a pretty good-sized library. And he has a Bible Institute, and so he wanted to set that uh, library up the Bible in- for the Bible Institute. And he said, I need some help. And uh, he said, I know you love books, so if you would come and help me, I'd appreciate it. And so I, I, because of the way my schedule was, I was able to spend a few weekends there. I would preach Sunday through Wednesday, and then I would go and help him a little bit with those books. So I'm going through these books, and I come across this little small book, just a small thing. And uh, I, it said on it, the title of it was, it's just about like that, about maybe that thick. The title of the book was The Cross as a Tree. And I looked at it, and I thought, well, that's interesting. So I went through and I read that sermon. But then I read another sermon, and then I read another sermon, and then I read about the man who wrote the book. I was supposed to be setting up the library, but I have a hard time setting it up because I keep finding books I want to read. And uh, so anyway, but in that book, the fellow told about how he, it's an older book, and he lived in the days of Charles Spurgeon. And during those days, Charles Spurgeon had a group of men who were not preachers, They were laymen, and they helped the man of God, and they called themselves this. They called themselves the company of Pura, and I'll show you the reason why they called themselves that. And so I I started preaching a little bit on on every church needs a Pura, somebody who will help the man of God. But then I was reading this passage again, and I saw Pura in a new light. And I want to talk to you about it. Now, Judges chapter 7, I'm not going to read the entire passage for the sake of my throat. But you know that Gideon is facing the Midianites. The Bible said their camels are without number. The Bible said they're spread out in the valley like grasshoppers. And so Gideon and his army is going to take on the Midianites. The Bible tells us in chapter 7 that first of all, Gideon has 32,000 men. And God said, that's too many. So he said, everybody that's afraid, send them home. And 22,000 men go home. And now Gideon has 10,000 men. And then God said, still too many. So he said, send them down to get a drink out of the pool. They went down and some of them got down on their hands and their knees and licked the water out and others got water in their hand and licked it out of their palm. And so God said, set those two apart. And then what he did was he chose the group that had 300 men in it. And he said, with those 300, will I deliver you from the hands of the Midianites? Now, what we're going to read here in chapter 7, and you know this story, but in chapter 7 and down in verse number, uh, let's see, number 9, The Bible says this, God says to Gideon, And it came to pass, Judges 7 and verse 9, It came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Arise, get thee down unto the host, for I have delivered it into thine hand. But if thou fear to go down, go thou with Purah, thy servant, down to the host. 
And thou shalt hear what they say, and afterwards shall thine hands be strengthened to go down unto the host. Then went he down with Purah his servant unto the outside of the armed men that were in the host. And the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the children of the east lay along in the valley like grasshoppers for multitude. And their camels were without number as the sand by the seaside for multitude. And when Gideon was come, behold, there was a man that told a dream unto his fellow and said, Behold, I dreamed a dream. And lo, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the host of Midian and came unto a tent and smote it that it fell and overturned it that the tent lay along. And his fellow answered and said, This is nothing else save the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. For into his hand hath God delivered Midian and all the host. And it was so when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation thereof that he worshipped. And returned into the host of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord hath delivered into your hand the host of Midian. Father, help us now, I pray, to glorify you by the preaching of your word. Help those that listen. Help my heart, Lord. Nobody needs this sermon more than I do tonight. So I pray you'll help me. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Now, you and I are familiar with Gideon. He's a hero in our Bible. He is the hero of this chapter and the hero of this battle. And not only is he a hero here, I think he's mentioned 12 times in chapter number 7 alone, but he's mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11 in the hall of faith or the hall of fame of the faithful. So we know about Gideon. We know about the great victory. But here's the man we might have overlooked. His name is Purah. He's only mentioned twice in the entire Bible. And it's right here in this passage. You won't find him in Hebrews 11. You won't find him in any other book. You just find him here. His name twice. But I want you to notice something. God said to Gideon in verse 9, He said, uh, go down to the host. He said, I've delivered them into thine hand. And he said in verse 10, if you fear to go down, go thou down with Purah. Now, listen and think about this. Gideon's go go down to the host. What he's talking about is not going down to join battle. He's talking about going down to the edge of the camp of the enemy to hear what they have to say. And the Bible said, if you're afraid to go, Gideon, God said, you go down with this man, Purah. So Purah takes him down to the edge of the armed host. And when he gets down there, he hears the dream, and he hears the interpretation of it, and he has the courage to fight the battle. Now think about this. You and I are wrapped up in Gideon. But if it had not been for Purah, he would have never went down to the edge. He would have never heard the story. And he never would have had the courage to fight the battle. So without Purah, the battle will be lost. Now I've thought about Purah, and I read about him even in this little book, and of course here in the Bible, and I've thought about him as a helper to the man of God. But I thought about him in a different light. You know what Pura reminds me of? By the way, do you know what his name means? Foliage or fruitful. Pura reminds me of somebody. You know who he reminds me of? The Holy Spirit of God. Say, preacher, why would he remind you of the Holy Spirit? Because he's one sent alongside to hell. And that's what the Holy Ghost is. He's the parakletos, the one sent alongside to hell. 
He also reminds me of the Holy Ghost because he's silent in his work. He doesn't draw any attention to himself. I don't find him after the battle's over jumping up and down saying, Hey, what about me? I had part of this. He doesn't do that. Apparently, he was well satisfied to have Gideon get all the glory. Let me tell you something about the Holy Spirit. He's well satisfied when Jesus gets all the glory. That satisfies him. And then he reminds me of the Holy Ghost because he is both sovereign. He is, let me put it this way. He's sovereign in his service. He is both master and servant in this story. And that's just like the Holy Spirit. He is my master because he's God, but he also has come to serve me and to help me along the way. So get Pura reminds me of the Holy Spirit of God. Now, I want to talk to you about this battle here and about the Holy Spirit. And I want us to find out something maybe about ourselves tonight and something about the Holy Ghost. You and I are going to have battles to fight just like Gideon had battles to fight. We're going to have enemies that are going to try and destroy us. The Bible said we're not to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby you are sealed under the day of redemption. You and I cannot win the battles of life without the help of the Holy Spirit. We can't do it. We don't have that power in ourselves. Our wisdom's not enough. Our experience is not enough. The Holy Ghost is going to have to do something. I remember one time I was preaching, and I was preaching a message called Putting on the Chain, talking about the chain. And, and, and I won't go through the whole message, but always in that message, I would use an illustration with a father and a son. And so, and, and the gist of the message is that the way the daddy lives, what he puts on, spiritually speaking, is going to end up on that boy. And what he thinks is like a necklace, going to end up a chain on that boy. A lot of children are fighting battles they shouldn't have to fight because mom and daddy didn't do right. So I always do this. I come in. If I know I'm going to preach it and the Lord's put on my heart, I'll look over the congregation and I'll pick out a man and a boy and I'll say to him before the service, I'll say, now I'm going to need your help for an illustration uh, later in the sermon. And if they say yes, I say, okay. So that night I was in this church. There was this man dressed up, had a boy with him, and I looked at him. I thought, now he'd be a good one. They'll, they'll do good. So I, I asked him before the service. I said, now I'm going to preach a message about fathers and sons and I want you to Come up and just stand there and I'll, you'll know what to do and I'll do all the illustrating. And he said, I, I'd be glad to. So I got to preaching. And in the middle of my preaching, I looked down and there was a man sitting over here and a woman and a little boy. They were not the ones I'd spoken to. They were sitting over there. But I'm going to tell you, all the time I was preaching, the Holy Ghost just kept setting my eyes on those three sitting there. And I could not get away from the thought of that man and that woman and that boy sitting there. And so when it came time for the illustration, I said, now, I'm going to need somebody to help me. And the fellow over here that I'd asked, he started to get up. I said, no, sir, you stay where you are. Thank you anyway. And I said, sir, would you bring that boy up here and help me in an illustration? He kind of looked for a minute and nodded his head and he grabbed that little boy and come up. And so I started my illustration. I got this little chain I'm putting around the dad's neck. I got this great big chain that cannot be broken uh, by a physical uh, our power, and I'm putting around that boy's neck. And while I'm telling that illustration, all of a sudden that woman falls off that pew and she starts sobbing. I mean, she couldn't even sit on the pew. She's on the floor sobbing and weeping. And I'm up here trying to do my illustration. And the man's over here, and he just stand up here just shaking. And the little boy's looking around. And the preacher's wife can't. And here's what happened. They weren't married. They were living together. They were living in sin. They'd never been married. And that boy was her boy. 
and not his boy, but they were living together and that boy in the house. And I didn't know anything about that. But you know what? The Holy Ghost knew something about that. So when it was over, when the service was over, he came up to me. He said, Preacher, I'm moving out of the house. If I have to live in a tree house, I'm moving out till we get married, till we get this thing right. And then he looked at me and said, let me ask you a question. I said, what? He said, can I have that chain? I said, what do you want the chain for? He said, I'm going to hang it on the wall and look at it and remember what God said to me tonight. See, the Holy Spirit knows things you don't know. He can do things you cannot do. And we cannot win the battle without the Holy Ghost. Now, let me say three things to you about the Holy Ghost in this battle about Purah. The first thing I notice is the Holy Ghost will help us with our worry. He'll help us with our worry. Now, Gideon seems to be worried because God said if you're fearful. If you're fearful. When do you get fearful? When you're worried about things. What do you reckon Gideon's worried about? Well, if we go back and read chapter 6, here's where God finds Gideon. He finds him in chapter 6, in verse number 11. There came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which is an Oprah, the parrot that pertained unto Joash the Abbi Israel, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress. Now watch this, to hide it from the Midianites. Where is where is this man Gideon? He's hunkered down in what he thinks is a safe place. Yeah, right. You know what he's doing? He's keeping his head down so nobody shoots at him. Yeah. You know where he is? He's where most Christians are today. Right. Hunkered down, trying to keep anybody from bothering him, trying not to rock the boat, trying not to make waves, trying not to become a target, to be the best, just be the best they can to stay out of the way. Yeah. That's where most of us are. And so here he is, he's hunkered down there, and the Lord comes to him and he said, Oh, uh, he said, Thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon goes, Me? And then he said this, God said, The Lord be with thee. And Gideon said, If the Lord be with us. And then the Lord goes on and tells him some things, and he said, He said, Go in thy might. And what he's saying to Gideon, he said, you're going to win the battle. But Gideon said, I'm the least. My house is the smallest, the least of all the houses of Israel, and I'm the least of my father's house. You know what he's worried about? First thing he's worried about is his own ability. I can't do this. You know, the truth is, he was right. God had to do it. But what happens to us is we think we're not up to the task. Can I tell you something about God? He's always up to the task. The Holy Ghost always is. So I'm glad it depends on Him and not on me. Because I can't get it done. But He can. The Holy Ghost will help you when you're worried about your own ability. Not only that, He's worried about the arrangement of the Lord. Maybe. Maybe He is. So preacher, what do you mean? Well, think about it. He's facing an enemy that has camels that cannot be numbered. He's facing an enemy that's spread out like grasshoppers. And He's got 32,000 men. That's not enough. Not enough. So what would you and I do? We'd start a recruiting process. We'd get more. We gotta have more. But what does God do? He doesn't add, He subtracts. He says to Gideon, I can hear Gideon say, I don't have enough. And God says, you got too many. And so He takes away 22,000. You reckon that made Gideon nervous? And then He takes away the rest of the crowd except for 300. I bet he's really getting nervous now. You get nervous when the crowd gets smaller? I'm not trying to get the crowd smaller. The preacher's not trying to make the crowd smaller. But I'm going to tell you, God can do more with less. 
He doesn't depend on a great number. Little as much. When God is in it. Now we want to reach everybody we can. We want to make a difference in every life that we can. But God can get it done. He can. And so maybe the arrangements of the Lord are worrying him. Do you ever worry about the arrangements of God in your life? You know what a fellow said to me today? He said, Brother McBride, the place where I'm staying, the pastor, he said, I don't understand this business about you having throat trouble. And here's what he said. He said, I can think of a whole bunch of people I'd rather have throat trouble than you. (laughs) And I thought to myself, I can too. But you know, we look at our lives and we say, well, this is happening and that's happening. And it's not working out the way we thought it would. I'm sure Gideon thought things were not working out the way he wanted. But God had a purpose. God had a plan. Maybe he's worried about the vast array of the enemy. There's too many of them. There are too many. You ever feel overwhelmed sometimes? Like there's too many? So Gideon is worried. That's what's going on here. He's worried. But the Holy Ghost is going to help him with his worry. How does it happen? Well, here's what happens. God said, all right, you're afraid. You're fearful. Now, listen to what he said. He didn't say, go down to the host and take Pura with you. He said, go thou down with Pura. So apparently Pura is in charge of the expedition. I would guess, I would guess, I'm going to ponder like the preacher did a little bit yesterday. I would guess that the reason God said go with Pura is because Pura's been there before. He'd probably been down there before. And I think the reason God wants us to trust the Holy Spirit is because he's been through this before. He's seen this before. He's not surprised by it. So they go down there, and when he goes walking with Pura down there, here's what he here's what he finds out. He hears these two fellows talking. Now, if we go back to chapter 6, Gideon makes some complaints. And this is his viewpoint. Here's what he said. He said, if the Lord be with us, where be all the miracles? Where be all the miracles? Well, let me ask you a question. When Gideon and Purah get down where the Midianites are, and they're outside that tent, and that Midian sits up, he's had that Midianite, he sits up, he's, can you see him sit up in bed? He's had a nightmare. And he says, I had a dream. And in the dream, a barley cake rolled down and smashed the tent. Where do you reckon that dream came from? And then, I think it's a miracle that he had the dream, but then the fellow that's with him was also a Midianite who does not know God. He starts interpreting. He said, I'll tell you what that dream's about. That is nothing but but the sword of of Gideon. That's all it is. It's God. We have been delivered into the hands of Israel. Now Gideon had said this. He said, where be all the miracles that our fathers talked about? And then he said, we've been delivered to the hands of the Midianites. That was his viewpoint. Listen to me now. When he got to walking with Pura, everything looked different. You know what happens when you go walking with the Holy Ghost? Everything looks different than it did before. You know what he does? He goes walking with the Holy Ghost. And then here's what the Bible said. When Gideon heard the dream and the interpretation of it, he worshipped. Do you know that's the only time the word worship's found in the book of Judges? He worshipped. I don't know how he worshipped. Now, I'm from, I'm, from Mich- I'm from Michigan originally. 
I've lived in Indiana for over 40 years now. I'm making my way south one state at a time. But they don't, they never did get very loud in Michigan when they worshiped. When I get down around these southern churches, they can get pretty loud sometimes. Once in a while, they'll, they'll just go to running. I don't, you say, preacher, how did Gideon worship? I don't think he got very loud. Cause he's standing outside the tent of the inn. He probably didn't do any running, but I can see him bow his head. And maybe lift a hand. And say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I thought. I'm sorry for what I said. I see things a lot clearer now that I've walked down here with Pura. Is there ever times in your life when you have to say, Lord, I'm sorry. This is what I thought was going on, but I wasn't walking with the Holy Ghost. I was walking in the flesh. And that's why I was so afraid. That's why I was so fearful. But now that I'm walking with the Holy Spirit, Lord, I see everything a little bit differently than I saw before. And you go to worship in Him. You know what? Here's what we ought to do tonight. We ought to ask ourselves, what what is the character of our life? Is it worry? Or is it worship? Is it always, well, what if this or what if that? Or is it, Lord, you got this. I'll trust you. But you say, well, preacher, how do I know if I'm, how do I know if I'm walking in the Spirit? Well, here's the test. Is it worry? Or is it worship? Is it fear? Or is it faith? That's the test. If I'm worrying all the time and walking in fear, I cannot be walking in the Holy Spirit. But if I'm walking with the Holy Spirit, it would be hard for me to worry. It would be hard for me to be fearful. Because I'll see things in a different light. And so we have, the Holy Ghost helps us with our worry, and then He helps us with our worship to replace our worry. And then there's one other thing I want to show you. In Judges 7, verse 15, watch this verse. And it was so when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation thereof that he worshipped. But watch this. And returned into the host of Israel. Now, here's here's why that's important. Because I think I wrote it down here. Up until this time in chapter number 7, the Midianites have been called a host 12 times. 12 times. The host of Midian, the host, the host, the host of Midian. What is a host anyway in the Bible? A host is an army prepared to fight. The host, you read about the host being arrayed before them. So when God keeps calling Midianite the host, what he's saying is there's an army down there. They're like grasshoppers. They got camels that can't be numbered and they are ready to fight. But you know what? Israel is never called a host. Until right now. Not one time. You know why? They haven't been ready to fight. You know why? Because they're walking after the flesh. But when Gideon goes to walking with the Holy Ghost, when he goes to walking with him and he sees what's happening, then the Bible said he returns unto the host. You know what the Holy Ghost will do? He'll turn us into an army. Ready to fight. If we're not going to walk with the Holy Ghost, then we're going to be down there hunkered down like Gideon was at the beginning. If we are going to walk with the Holy Ghost, then we'll be ready to engage the enemy. 
The Holy Ghost will do that to us. But let me say one more thing and I'm going to be done. About the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you this question. Suppose God said to Gideon, I want you to go down with Pura to the edge of the tent, to the edge of the camp. And so Gideon goes and finds Pura and he said, God wants you to take me down to the camp. We're going to go down there together. And suppose Pura had looked at Gideon and said, I'm not going anywhere with you. I know what how you've been living. I know what you're like. I can't fellowship with you. We cannot walk together. I wonder how many times we don't walk with the Holy Spirit because He don't want to walk with us. Because our heart's not right. And our life's not pure. And He's grieved with us. I understand He lives in us. I understand that aspect of it. I understand my body when I got saved became the temple of the Holy Ghost. I know in one sense He will never leave me. But there's a difference between presence and fellowship. And if we want to fellowship with Him, He can't fellowship when we're in sin. I'll give you this illustration. A preacher friend of mine, his 15-year-old son, went home to be with the Lord. We went out to the funeral, sang at the funeral. And then we went out to the graveside and we sang at the graveside. Then we went back to the church in the gymnasium. They had tables set up and they were going to feed everybody that came to the funeral. So while we're there, I got a plate of food. And they had bleachers in the gym. That, you know the kind I'm talking about that fold together against the wall. You could pull out just one or two or three or you pull the whole thing out. So there was over there against the wall, there was two or three bleachers pulled out. And I don't know why I did this. I could have sat at the table. There were tables set for us. But I got my plate of food, and I went over, and I sat on one of those bleachers that was pulled out. The father came over, and I talked to him. The father of the boy, Matthew, was the boy's name. Matthew's dad talked to me. Some other people talked to me. And I happened to look up, and I saw his mama on the other side of the gymnasium. And she was staring at me. And I nodded at her, and she just stared at me. I went back to my fellowship and my eating, and a little while I looked up, and she's still staring. When we got done eating, we cleaned things up, and we went to their house. We sat around in their den, and we prayed with one another and quoted Scripture and sang some songs. And early the next morning, we stayed there till late in the night through after midnight, we got ready to go. And I was walking out the door. I shook hands with Matthew's dad. He shook my hand. And we said some things. And then I shook his mother's hand. And she didn't let go of my hand. And she looked at me. Here's what she said. She said, I guess you saw me staring at you in the gym. And I said, yes, ma'am. She said, I wanted to come over and fellowship with you. But I couldn't. She said, the reason I couldn't is because that that bleacher, that seat where you were sitting, that's where Matthew was sitting when he died. And she said, my heart was so grieved, I couldn't fellowship with you. And the thought that went through my mind was, I wonder how many times the Holy Ghost wanted a fellowship with me. 
but his heart was grieved because of where I was or what I'd done or what I'd said or what I'd been thinking. I couldn't worship. You know what we need? We need to walk with the Spirit. Paul put it, walk in the Spirit. But we can't if there's something in our lives that grieves him. Something unclean, some unforgiveness, some bitterness, something we've looked at, something we've listened to, something we've said, some place we've been, something we've done that grieves him. And if we don't get those things right, we're going to end up where Gideon was at the beginning of the story. Hunkered down somewhere, afraid to lift our head because we know God's not going to help us. So I'm wondering tonight, what characterizes your life, worry or worship? And if you'd have to say, preacher, what's characterizing my life right now is worry, then maybe we need to search our hearts and say, I need to get this right. I need to get that straightened out. I need to get this fixed. I need to take this to the Lord and ask Him for forgiveness so I can walk in the Spirit and go from worry to worship. I want you to bow your heads a moment, if you will. Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. I wonder tonight if you're walking in the Spirit. I wonder tonight if the Holy Ghost spoke to you about something needs to get straightened out. Something needs to be repented of. Something that needs to be laid aside. Something that needs to be made right. And if there is, why not take care of it at an altar tonight? Say, preacher, I'll tell you what my life is like. I'm, I'm worried all the time. Then why don't you come and trust Him? Just come make sure you're right with Him. And say, Holy Ghost, I want to walk with you. I want to fellowship with you. I want to go from worry to worship. I want to get involved in the warfare. I don't want to live the way I'm living right now. I need your help, Lord. Father, would you help us tonight? Somebody needs to come, bow the knee. Somebody needs to confess, repent. Somebody needs, Lord, to confess a life of worry and fear and come and just trust you. I pray tonight, Lord. I remember when they asked me at my ordination about being full and filled with the Holy Spirit. Somebody needs to get filled. But first, they're going to have to get empty. They're going to have to confess things, get things right. So I pray that will be what will happen in hearts tonight. And we'll leave walking with our heavenly Pura. You help us tonight, Lord. We need you. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.